You are listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. I'm Edward Looney, and today I'm speaking with Laricia, who is going to share her story of how she found her father and how her father became one of her best friends and even her roommate. And so welcome to DNA Discoveries, Laricia. Well, it's great to have you, and I found your story uh, a while back on The Guardian uh, on their website. Uh, it was an article they published back uh, in November of 2021, and so I kind of bookmarked it and thought when I would return to DNA Discoveries and doing more interviews and episodes that I wanted to reach out to you and to maybe a few others in that article as well, and so um, maybe it just... How did they find you in order to do this article? Did you submit a story or were they just looking for people and they found you? Um, what happened was um, during my um, searching for my father, I kind of joined some groups on Facebook. Um, and I believe that's how um, Michael was able to find my story. Um, I had posted um, um, a little bit about who I was searching for, or what was what was going on in my life at the time, and then once once I found him, I I did an update, and um, it kind of went from there. I see. So let's go back all the way to the really the beginning of your story. So your mother gives birth to you, and so you didn't meet the man that you believed was your father for a long time, but. She told you, well, this is the man who is your dad. And so um, tell us a little bit about that early story and, and that experience. Well, um, from what I was told um, growing up, that my um, the original dad, I'll call him his, the original man that was supposed to be my father, um, he kind of was, him and my mother were not in a relationship. And so um, at the age of two was the last time that I guess I had any contact with him. And um, I was okay in life not having a father. And um, I had uh, two siblings, um, a sister and a brother. My sister is a year and a half younger than me. And my brother, he's four years younger than me. So I'm the oldest. And so I had a different father than them. They had the same father and their father was actually involved in our life like around um he kind of was a fill-in for me i guess to a sense and so i was okay with not having a dad i knew he wasn't my dad but um from the age two to 15 i was okay you know i was just a teenager whatever and um it was um so the first day of high school when i was 15 I had, um, I was in algebra class and a girl came up to me and asked me who, because they called out my name and asked, um, who's your father? And I told her who my father was. And she said that was her father too. So at that point, um, we kind of were like, wow, we're sisters. Um, and so what happened was she kind of led him to me. And so he wanted, she went home and told her family and, you know, he wasn't really involved in her life as much as she told me he was. But so she, she gave him my contact information. He came over to my house and our first initial reaction was, you don't look like you could be my father. That was my reaction. And he kind of gave me the same thing. You don't look like you could be my daughter. You don't look like any of my other kids. At the time, he had four other kids, and so that's kind of how it started. And one of those kids was that young lady that you met your first day, or one of the first days of high school, who said, well, that he's my father too. So was there a sense of disappointment as you began to put a few of the pieces together and said, well, he's probably not my father <clears throat> because... In that case, you would have added her as a sister, a classmate, and you would have known the identity of your father. So is there a disappointment when you realize that it's probably unlikely? Well, it was just kind of a thought that I had, like, he doesn't look like he could be my father, but I'll run with it, you know? Well, my, this man is my father. So I kind of was just like, <clears throat> 
I started developing a relationship with my supposed sister. And um, my father was actually, um, when we had that meeting, he said some things to me that he didn't, that, that I took that from, well, maybe he doesn't really care to be in my life at this point. Um, he didn't seem like he was someone that I, I wanted in my life at the time. So after meeting him. So I kind of just continued the relationship with my sibling at school and out of school. And then <clears throat> we kept contact. So I didn't see that man again for four years. At the age of 19, um, I went to school and me and her talked and she was like, hey, our dad wants you to come to a barbecue. And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> At that point, I'm like, well, maybe he does want me in his life. And so I attend the barbecue. Um, and he kind of embarrassed me. Um, I was not prepared for what he was about to tell me. And, but I did feel it early on. And I wish I, I almost wish he would have told me at 15, like, um, I don't think you're biologically my child, but instead he, he pondered with it four years, let it go past four years. And, um, at that, he had his entire family there, cousins, aunties, uncles, sister, Everybody was there, and I was kind of like the outsider, outcast. Um, even my siblings, his other children were there. And in front of everybody, he told me that he didn't think that I was biologically his child. And I was only 19 years old, but at that point, I was just like in complete shock. Um, it was it was hurtful. It was embarrassing. Um I had all kinds of emotions going through me at that point that what I was feeling was true. And it was just a devastating moment for me. So that was when you After were that, 19 years old and there's probably some great distance. You distance yourself from him quite a bit. I'm sure you probably didn't even want to have any contact with him after that experience. But then he comes back into the picture because you want to confirm that very fact of what you already believed that, well, I guess he isn't my father. Well, it kind of, um, after that barbecue, he took me to his mother's house. That was the first time I had ever seen her since I was a baby. And she was actually the one that confirmed for him at my birth that, yes, she looks just like your baby picture. Yes. Um, what he did was we've never had paternity at my birth he actually just signed the birth certificate because his mother was certain that i was his child and he just went from there um as i grew up and seeing me again at 15 and then at 19 he just he had to come out and tell me which i i honestly respect the man for doing that because he could have just never been in my life and never told me and i would have just probably went on not even knowing but in my heart, something was telling me that that man was not my dad. And so um, we went to Walgreens, actually, in that after his mother's house. We went to Walgreens, and we priced a paternity test. Um, it was just like an over-the-counter DNA test, and that's what kind of put that in my mind in the first place, that, wow, you can do that? Because I didn't know. I thought once you, um, having my own children, now, I thought once you sign your sign something saying, you know, you give up your rights to the paternity test that it, you, it can't be done anymore, like at least through the court. So <clears throat> we priced the paternity test, but he didn't buy it that day. And I was kind of confused about that because why not just get it over with at the age of 19? Had he had bought it that day and we confirmed, we took the test together and we confirmed that I wasn't his child, that would have saved a lot of heartache, a lot of time lost with my real family. But instead, he just kind of was like, we'll do this on a later date. And um, from there, no, I didn't have any contact with him again. I was devastated. I went home and I asked my mom, hey, what's going on? Why did he tell me that um, I, he doesn't think that I'm biologically his child? 
And she says, um, yes, you are. I was not with anyone else. Like, there's no way possible. We had DNA done. And I said, you did? He told me that you never had DNA done at my birth. So I actually had to go to the courthouse and pull my birth record. Because I, my thoughts as a young girl, trying to understand this, what has just pre been presented to me, um, do I believe the person that raised me my entire life? Or do I believe the person that is just coming into my life telling me that he doesn't think that I'm his child? So I um, actually pull my birth record and find the piece of paper that says I so-and-so um, acknowledge that Larissa is my child and I give up all my rights to a paternity test. And at that point, I'm like, wow, he's telling the truth and she's not. Why is she lying to me? What is she hiding at this point? Hmm. So what do you do so next? Next, um, a lot of times in my life, I, I kind of had to process things because I'm being lied to. I'm being deceived. And I'm young. I don't know the route to take in order to figure this out. As time went on throughout my teenage years and, you know, as I graduated into an adult, I'm creating my own family and everything. I'm making sure that I'm not making these same mistakes, you know, with my own children, making sure that they got paternity, making sure that their father is in their life and making sure that, you know, we have everything taken. I have everything taken care of on my part so they don't feel what I'm feeling. And, um, so next, I kind of just ponder with it for a few years. And um, I start, I continue the relationship with my sister. And so we're spending time constantly. I'm looking at her children. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at other family members that she has around her that are supposed to be my family that I'm not connecting with. And I kind of just um, look at the whole scenario. And... Um, after that, um, I, I received a, a, a Facebook message from a guy. He was in prison. And he was my, he was her brother, you know, my supposed brother. So we started developing a relationship. Now, this is the second child of, of my dad's. We're starting to develop a relationship, but he, like I said, was in prison. So we developed a relationship just like over the phone. And... We want to know at this point. Now we have we're, we're developing sibling relationships. Um, I even have like I even had nieces. Um, my sister had daughters, and so I'm I'm like really wanting to know now because, and they are too. They're like, is she my sister or isn't she? You know, we're having good connections, and so we were starting to get curious. And the dad didn't really care to find out. It seemed like, but. Um, as I developed relationships with my siblings, it, it became more and more important to actually, you know, figure it out. So it took, um, I feel like God played a huge part in my life with this, um, whole story. And, um, there were angels involved as well, because I had a lot of my life, I had numbers appear and different things happen, um, that made me feel like it's more than a coincidence and people planted in my life. Now that I'm, now that I am, un I've unraveled my story. People have been planted in my life that early on, I didn't even know meant as much as they mean now, if that makes sense. And, um, so moving forward, the brother was significant because the brother is who connected me at the age of 31 where we were kind of like at a, at a, a final straw. We were like, this needs to be figured out. And then he got released from prison and we really wanted to figure it out. We were at a point where we were going to take a siblings test to see if we were siblings, if the dad was not cooperative, because it almost seemed like he was kind of running from me or running from the truth. But it didn't make sense because he wasn't a part of my life. He didn't, I had called him 
one time that I got his phone number from one of my siblings and a girlfriend answers and she was very upset that I was even calling. Um, he actually got on the phone and told me, you aren't my daughter. Why are you calling me? Like, as if I was like stalking him or, you know, um, I really didn't have any contact with him other than like twice. So it almost seemed like I was bothering him. So if I was bothering you, why won't you just take the paternity test with me? We can weave you out because that was my goal. I need to weave him out in order to find out who my biological father is or actually move on to the next step. So I thought I had no idea that there were different things out here like ancestry DNA and 23andMe. I had no idea that those things were even out there because if I would have known earlier on in life, I actually would have took that route because it would have been way easier and there would have been less time lost with my real family. Um, So he finally agrees to do a test. He never agreed to do the test. It was like I said, he was kind of like running from the truth. So me and my brother kind of in cahoots with with each other. I was, I happened to be going on a trip to Atlanta and that's where he lived. So, um, and that's where my brother lived too. So my brother was excited to for me to come visit, and we kind of had something up our sleeve. We were like, hey, he knew where my dad worked, and um, he was like, I'm going to set it up so on his break, you know, he can come out and see you and whatever. And actually, when I got to Atlanta, I had called him, um, my dad, and told him that I was going to, that I was in town. And he was like, okay, you know, we can meet up probably tomorrow or something. You know, that'll be fine. He seemed like he was okay for a meet and greet. So instead, the day before, we actually um, went to his job. My brother took me to his job. And on his break, I gave him a fraternity test. It was that serious at that point. Um, I'm like, enough is enough. So I, I swabbed him at his job. And... He was kind of shocked. He laughed it off, and um, but he agreed. He was like, "Yeah, it's it's overdue." He agreed. It was overdue, and he was ready for the truth. And I don't know if it just was like something that was sitting on his heart, heavy, or you know, because he was involved and he is involved with his other four children. He has three children from his wife, who is now his ex-wife, and one other child that is pretty much the same age as me. So when he was younger, he created her. Um, took the paternity test. We actually had a really good time that visit. Um, it was around Valentine's Day. And um, we kind of walked the historical um, Martin Luther King streets that they have set up down there. And um, we went out to dinner at a Mexican restaurant, and we just had a really good time. It was really good vibes, and um, first time I ever had got to spend, like, real time with him. So I was like, I left Atlanta thinking, wow, well, maybe this is my dad, because we just had a really good visit. And um, I actually met his other daughter out there and his other son, so I had met all my siblings. Than all the other four siblings um, on that trip. Um, so I, so basically, I, I, um, I sent the test off while I was in Atlanta um, to the lab, and just finished my trip and everything. And what they do is they send it to your email. And so the results, when I got home, um, I paid for the fastest results. I, I just didn't want to wait anymore. When I got home uh, from my trip, uh, he the results were in, and probably like a day or two later. And so what happened was I'm like, wow, the answer that I've been waiting for, you know, it showed up, and I'm I was kind of scared to even open the email. I knew it was gonna ruin my day one way or another. I was like, oh my god. And I opened the email, and exactly what I thought my eyes immediately led to the bottom of the page because I seen a huge fat zero and I'm like, and it said it's 0% chance of paternity. 
possibility of paternity. And I'm like, so I started reading the um, information at the top of the page. And again, I mentioned the numbers. Um, there's a lot of angel numbers in my life that have appeared in my life. Now that I am writing my book, I'm writing a book right now about my story. And all of the numbers that appeared on that page are numbers that my angels speak to me in. So this story is really deep because throughout my entire life, they, they actually spoke to me in numbers. But I didn't know that I had angels. I didn't even know what an angel number was. So the reason why I'm mentioning that is because they've been pretty aggressive in my life. And it's, it's kind of funny because I grew up not really having a family. And um, my mom's side of the family was really, really small. Like, just, I had my grandma, who died when I was only 11 years old. And then my mom had three sisters and a brother, but she only had a relationship with one of her sisters. So I only had one aunt and three cousins in my life, my entire life. So when my grandma passed, that was the only angel. I was believed in angels, but didn't know they spoke in numbers. And um, so the one the one uh, angel I thought I had in the sky, actually, once I found my biological family on my father's side, I have a lot of angels in the sky. And um, so anyways, back to the DNA. Um, I was devastated. Um, but I knew in my heart already that he wasn't my dad, so I wasn't too upset I just knew that I had accomplished what I needed to and for the most part I just wanted closure with that because it was like I said my angels were pretty aggressive <laughs> anytime sure. I sat down or anytime I you know with wanting to give up with with knowing or you know finding out any information I I, I tried to give up a lot of times um, throughout these 20 years I've been searching for my dad for 20 years I look at from age 15, when I first questioned it, up until 35, when I found him, is 20 years. Wow. One of the things you I shared can... in your story, and one of the things that stood out to me, at least, was that you referred to the man from prison as your brother. You continued to form mm -hmm. a relationship uh, with the girl from high school who was believed to be your sister. You called him your dad. I went. You said I went to Atlanta and to, and I met up with my dad there at his workplace. So you use that those familial terms, and of course now it's shifted as well. They're not my brother. They're not my sister. He's not my father. So has there been any sort of maintaining some of those relationships? For example, with the brother or the sister that seem to have been going in a positive direction. Um, my brother actually came to live with me at one point. God sent him. God sent him because I th always thought that my siblings had a father and I was kind of jealous of that. Um, just not having him. And so my brother came to live with me. Um, what I'll say is it wasn't, he wasn't who I thought he was. Um, I got, I got a lot of questions answered that I needed answered in regards to my father through him. But as far as who he is as a person, it, it wasn't a relationship that was meant to stay. Some people are just in your life for a chapter or a season. Sure. And that's what I that situation as. Um, now, his he had a girlfriend that came to stay with me as well. Um, me and her are sisters. We developed a relationship really strong and are still in contact to this day. She also had three kids with my brother. And... Um, even though the relationship with my brother didn't really survive, the relationship with his children did. And, um, he allows that relationship, I'll say. He allows me to still be in his children's life, even though me and him are not really in relationships. Sure. Now, so you get the answer to this first question, but obviously that leaves more questions. You know, maybe the one of the questions would be, well, why did my mother really strongly believe that this man was my father? But secondly, it opens up this other bigger question and the bigger box of, well, who is my father then? 
And so you go and you get one of the online DNA tests because technology continues to advance and becomes more available to us. And you take that online DNA test in order to get the answer that you're looking for, right? Correct. And how, how did that answer come about? And how did you find then the man now that you know to be your father? Well, my mother, after, after I got the paternity test done with the other father, the other dad, and I, I did always call him my dad, um, even though he wasn't a part of my life, I just knew I had a dad. So I just always did call him my dad, even though <clears throat> once that came about, um, I talked to my mom and she was still telling me I, I didn't receive closure from that test. Um, I wish I would have. I wasn't sure if I was going to look for my biological father because I'm so old now. <laughs> um, I didn't look, I didn't know I was going to want to continue my search at that point. I kind of just pondered with the results and I talked to my mother and she's, she was, um, she put it in my mind that the test that I took was not correct and that there was no possible way that um, he was not my father. She said that I needed to do blood work with him and that that left me, that left me um, confused. I wasn't sure. I, I started to think like, wow, well, is my test wrong? I called the lab. I talked to them. Uh, they reassured me that that, that that doesn't happen usually. Like, they're pretty accurate with their results. So it kind of gave me a feel that, you know, um, I'm right. You know, this man is not my father. The test shows it. And she's just in denial. So um, she kept she was always in denial and it made me feel like even when I got back from the trip from Atlanta, she was like, she, had, she talked to me and she wanted to know all the details about me seeing him and visiting with him and everything. And it made me feel like she almost had a fantasy relationship and she really felt like she wanted to have a child with him. And, um, the last name that I carried was his, my sister who was from my mother a year and a half younger than me, she actually carried the same last name. And that was not her dad. She knew her dad. She was um, in relationship with her dad. So why would my mother name a second child this man's last name, who isn't even my father? So it was a weird scenario. But moving on to... So I, 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 left, I, I sat with the results for four years. Um... And at, at, um, at, uh, yeah, I did that. I did the test at 31. So I didn't find him until I was 35. And I, the, the reason why I took the first DNA was actually 23 and me, my best friend, my childhood friend from middle school. Um, she, she didn't know her nationality, she didn't know who her father was. She had a lot of questions herself, and she took a test from 23andMe. And when she did it, she actually was matched with a sibling on her father's side. So she gained a sister from that test, which doesn't happen often. When you use these DNA um, uh, resources, you kind of get matched with whoever is in the database. So... For me, I got matched with third and fourth cousins from 23andMe. And that left me feeling like, once I did do the DNA, so she opened the door for me to want to explore 23andMe. And when I, when I did take the test, um, I was finally ready to figure out who my father really is. Um, she kind of opened that door for me, and I took the test, and I found... Sec or third and fourth cousins so I was still not, I wasn't even happy about that because I had no idea how to figure that out I'm like okay I got third and fourth cousins but I have no idea how to figure out who's who so I started messaging people 
that were supposedly related to me, which are related to me, but distant. And I was getting nowhere. Nobody really knew their people. Nobody really, they were in kind of search of, of the same things I was. So it was hard to tell um, how to get to my end result, which was finding my father. Um, I then um, joined uh, some Facebook groups, w which we talked about earlier. And they kind of led me to want to do Ancestry. They told me that Ancestry is a... They, they have a bigger database. More people use Ancestry. And so I, I might have better luck, better luck using Ancestry. <clears throat> so I take the Ancestry test quickly after that. And I get the same type of results, but probably different people. But there's still no match closer than a third cousin. And I'm like, wow, I'm still stuck. There's no way I'm going to ever find this out. So I kind of start to lose faith. I go on a trip. Um, one of my good friends, Amber, she's, she's been in my life since, I, you know, we worked together. And she's been in my life um, for probably about 12 years now. And um, so she was getting married in North Carolina. And uh, I had to be there. So I flew out to North Carolina for her wedding. And um, I, I'm a person that takes a lot of pictures. I love photography. And I take a lot of pictures at her wedding. When I get back from North Carolina... Um, Two days later, she sends me a message that her aunt, Beth, had been looking on my Facebook and seen the wedding pictures, but she also noticed that I was searching for my father. And when she did that, it opened the door to the person that actually found my father for me. Um, Beth had a best friend. Her name was Lisa. And Lisa is really good in genealogy and, and um, DNA uh, matching DNA numbers and, you know, everything that goes into figuring out who is who in the family. And so my friend Amber messages me and she's like, hey, my aunt was looking at your Facebook and she found, she, she said, she wants to know if you're, if you're interested in um, talking with her friend Lisa, because Lisa could probably find my dad. And I was like, wow, that was huge for me because I'm a person that always is willing to help other people. I'm a person that is always like a problem solver for other people. And nobody ever really does that for me. Nobody ever really cares to help me in a sense. And when she messaged me that, that was huge for me because this was like the biggest deal in my life. My soul couldn't rest I couldn't rest, period. Every day I thought about my dad, who he was, who uh, if he was still alive, if um, I had family out here, cousins, siblings, I, had, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know his name. I didn't know what he looked like. <clears throat> once, uh, once she connected me with Lisa, it was only 21 days until I found my father. Lisa messaged me day and night. We were up day and night. Um, messaging through Facebook. Um, she's like a, a search angel. She, that's what she does. She's adopted and she's basically, she found her family through DNA. And so now she's giving back to other people that are searching for their family members. And because I was so important to Amber, who Beth is Amber's aunt, um, Lisa is Beth's best friend. I, I became important to her. So it only took her 21 days to figure out who my grandparents were. And shortly after that, um, once I found out who my grandparents were, I started kind of doing some research on Facebook um, for their kids. And we also looked at, you know, census records and... Um, obituaries and things like that to figure out who was still alive and 
we figured out that my grandma and grandpa had 12 children together. There were six boys and six girls. Out of the six boys, I started looking for their kids and, and trying to contact people on Facebook. The first person that I came across was actually my cousin. Um, she's the daughter of my uncle. And um, she looked like a person that was, she had a kind heart. Um, she was very involved in the community. She looked like she would be a person that would be helpful. Um, I had a lot of rejection throughout contacting people um, that would maybe be willing to help me figure this out. So I, w I was trying to be careful when I messaged the, um, the next person in order to figure out which one of the six boys was my father. And she was the perfect person. She, she, I gave her a picture of my mother and she sent it to her uncles and her talked to her dad. And once that happened, um, one person came forward and said, yes, I, I know her mother. And there was your answer that by looking at a picture of your mom, he knew that this is a person I know and, and, uh, and now he realizes, well, I have another daughter. And so what, what was it like reaching out to him uh, and kind of m making that acquaintance with him and uh, eventually, you know, deepening this father-daughter uh, relationship? Well, actually, um, I'm, I'm, he, uh, he hadn't had a daughter before. He always wanted a daughter, but he had a daughter. He actually was, only had one son. And, um, it was huge. Um, my cousin reached out to him. Well, first, as soon as I messaged her and told her, Hey, this is going to sound really weird, but I am the daughter of either one of your uncles or your father. And she, she gave me her number immediately after and said, call, Oh my God, call me. You look just like us. So, me being a person that I never looked like anybody in my mother's side of the family, she is a, a Caucasian woman. So I'm biracial. And um, I never looked like anyone in, in either side, my other dad's family and my mom's family, which is one of my biggest questions. Like, who do I look like? And when she said that to me and I looked at her picture it immediately made sense to me and it was like a weight lifted off of my shoulders. She wanted me to call her. So I called her as soon as I called her, she FaceTimed me. She pressed the FaceTime. She wanted to see my face and it was like, Oh my God, I'm not ready for this, but I'm ready for it. And when I, when she FaceTimed me, my uncle and her were both on the FaceTime. And I didn't know at that point if she was my sister and that was my dad or if she was my cousin and that was my uncle. So I started crying right away because I looked just like them, both of them. And um, we moved on from there. Um, my father, she gave the information to my father. Once he um, confirmed that he had been with my mother, um, she, she said, uncle, I think you have a daughter. And he had to take a whole day to process that. Um, he had all kinds of mixed emotions and he just wasn't ready to speak to me yet. Um, so I, I had to wait a whole day to talk to him. It was the longest day of my life <laughs> because seeing a picture of him, I knew that was my father. And it was just... Um, so once I talked to him, we talked for hours and hours, and then right away, he wanted me to come pick him up. Um, he wanted to meet me, and I was at work the whole day that we talked. Once I got off of work, I went. Um, we live. We lived an hour and a half away from each other. I went and drove the hour and a half, picked him up, and we spent three days together, just talking, day and night, staying up all night. Didn't want to close our eyes at all away from each other. Inseparable. Um, I look just like my father. 
That's incredible. And an instant connection as you talk day and night. Uh, really a sign he wanted to get to know you and you wanted to get to know him. And now in your story that I read on The Guardian, he actually became your roommate. So there's two things that, you know, significant there. The first is, is that you changed your last name to his last name. And then you took, you both are roommates now and you're living in the same house. Yes. Um, remember when I, I spoke about the connection or the disconnection that me and the other father had um, when we first met? It was, I looked at him as he wasn't my father. He looked at me as you're not my daughter. It was the exact opposite when I met my real father. Um, we looked at each other as if we've seen each other before. We looked at each other as, oh my God, this is real. <laughs> we looked at each other as if, you know, we've been here before. And so, yeah, instant connection. Um, we, we've been inseparable since the day that we met. We always wanted to be around each other. Um, he had, he, like I said, he had, uh, he had been living in Milwaukee, but, um, he also was in a relationship and that has since, um, they separated because of this. One reason is because of this. Um, and he moved out here to Green Bay, where I live, because because of 35 years of lost time with each other, um, we almost had to go to sleep and wake up to each other every day. It was, it was, uh, I have to get to know you. I have to know everything about you. Um, I have to spend time with you. And that's how we both felt. So yes, we live under the same roof now. Um, I don't consider him a roommate. I just consider him my father, my daddy. Um, he jumped right into the role of being a father to me. He's, he's absolutely perfect for me. Um, he jumped right into the role of, of being in my son's lives. I have four sons. He looked at the situation with my sons, his brothers, he, his, his childhood is replaying, uh, through me. And it, it was the most beautiful thing. One thing I didn't mention is he's lost, he lost his mother at the age of five. My dad was the 11th child. Um, and like I said, my grandma and grandpa had 12 children. So my dad was very young when he lost his mother. My grandmother died at the age of 41 years old and my dad was only five years old. So if you can think about who could possibly be the next best thing to mend your heart other than your daughter, that was huge. He went through life, um, you know, kind of troubled because losing your mother at five years old, that's huge to a, especially a little boy. And then also to have a, a daughter out here that you don't know exists. I knew that because I, she, she had never told my father about her pregnancy. And actually, if I can go back, my mother did not find out she was pregnant until she was four months pregnant with me. So part of her defense is that she was seeing another guy and she thought that she was pregnant from him. But she did not think back four months before that when she actually conceived. Sure. And so so that played a huge role in, in her, you know, kind of never telling my father about me. Um, him not even realizing they kind of lost contact. So she had not had no contact with my father. She does not remember ever being with my father still to this day. What does she make of it all now? So obviously you've found your father. It's been verified through these DNA tests, ancestry DNA. What does she make of this relationship you've forged with him? And, and, um, yeah, how, how has that affected your relationship? Well, she kind of, um, once I found him, she was in denial. 
Um, she didn't really want to hear about it. She didn't want to enjoy the moments with me. Um, I was sending her pictures of different family members that I looked just like. Um, my father, he had lost four sisters. So when I talked about my angels before, my grandma and grandpa are both passed away already. I never got to meet them. Also, four of my aunts pretty much identical, too. All of my family constantly tell me that I'm an angel from heaven and that all of their all of their siblings that they lost have come back in me. I am a person that is kind of like, they call me a chameleon because of my different looks. I change my hair and whatever. Um, I have a, a bunch of different looks. I look like all of my aunties that they've lost. And, and it's actually really fulfilling to my family for them to see me and for me to be a part of my, a, a part of their life. Um, I brought a lot of people back together or, um, you know, had because of my presence and, and my doing every, my family is able to reconnect. Um, they kind of were, were divided and separated because of all the loss that occurred before me. And now that I've, I've been in, in their life, it's starting to piece my family back together. We're, we're starting to get closer because of me, which that's huge too. And my mom, um, so now she's now since she's, you know, um, she understood my anger. Um, I had a lot of resentment with her because of the time I have lost with my family. It's e it was either get on board or, you know, I, I didn't want her to be a part of my life. I felt so angry with her and mm. so resentful. And so I actually invited her once I got, um, once they wanted to interview me um, with this story for The Guardian, I kind of threw it out there to my mom to be included you know, put my feelings aside and kind of just like, let's do this. And so she's been slowly coming around and now she's very much involved again. Um, she was all, always involved in guns and everything. Um, they play sports. So now we, we go to basketball games together, me, my father, and my mother um, in support. And it's huge for my sons to have both of their grandparents in setting they are at an ultimate high with life right now and it's just amazing yeah it's truly an incredible story how you searched thought you had an answer kind of lived with that answer even though it was unsettling and then found out that well now i know this isn't true you look again and now you know for certain everything feels right everything is true and uh, now you have this new relationship. One of the things this Guardian article concluded with in your story, you said, if I'd found him sooner, I could have had so many more years of loving and being loved by my father. I want to encourage others to not waste any time. So I really think that's wonderful advice that you give. Well, I want to thank no. you so much for sharing your story as you did with The yep. Guardian, because it reached a lot of people that way. I'd like to thank you for accepting the invitation to speak with me and to share your story here on this platform, because I think it's really a, a story of the importance of family and relationships, and you've shared so much with yep. us today. So thanks so much for being with me. Absolutely. And I just wanted to mention, I am writing a book and just uh, um, look out for that. If you guys are following me or following this story, it is something that um, I'm currently working on, and I plan on within within the next year because I'm still going through the motions of of finding my family, and every day is a new adventure with them. But I'm I'm trying to keep up on it, and and I just hope that with my book, it reaches someone um, that a 15 year old girl or boy, someone a lot younger than I how that a, a lot younger you know my my goal is to reach younger women and men that are searching for their family 
and to give them a route or a path to take that is able to find them quicker than I did because you don't know how long someone is going to be alive or, you know, every minute counts at this mm. point. And I'm just so thankful that I was able to actually find my father alive. And then I get to spend time with him, hear his voice and see his face every day. It's, it's the most important thing to me. It's mended my heart and it's, it's taken a, a, a ton of thing, a ton of bricks off of my shoulders as far as like being a more successful person in life now. So Yes, family is huge, and I hope that my story reaches everybody that's searching because it's it's just the best feeling. So is there a specific website or social media page that people should follow to continue to see this story unfold? Um, I am a part of DNA Detectives. Um, it's, a, it's a group on Facebook. My story is on there. Um, you can also... Um, I, my page on Facebook, um, Laricia Buford, I'm okay with um, giving my last name. It's, um, my last name is spelled B-U-F-O-R-D. And uh, yes, I'll be, you'll, that, be, you'll be able to contact me on there. Yeah, that's another way to stay connected and to see how this story continues to unravel and uh, how you are able to share that. So thanks again for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Today on DNA Discoveries, we have been speaking with Laricia, and we have heard her story about how she found her biological father and what impact and difference that has made in her life and how she encourages others to find their biological family if they are searching. You may be listening to DNA Discoveries because you yourself have found family. And if you would like to share your story of finding family with me on this platform, I'd encourage you to reach out to me by going to dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm and there you can find the contact page for the podcast. You can also email me directly at dnadiscoveriespodcast at gmail.com. And when you send a message, please share a little bit of your story to give me the background of it and I'll reach out to hopefully schedule an interview with you. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd encourage you to subscribe. And if you could do me a favor... Could you please rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you listen, because it will help others find these heartwarming stories of finding family. Stay tuned for another episode coming soon of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.